And now, our feature presentation. The best in the world is right here, right now. Whether you like it or don't like it, pal, learn to love it. Ladies and gentlemen. Alright, listen up. Now it's our time to step forward. It's time to bring the NWE back into the spotlight. I was thinking that it might be a good idea if you and I formed an alliance. Let's get ready to rumble! the greatest wrestling program in the world ladies and gentlemen can i please have your attention stop what you're doing and listen it's the alliance guys podcast with your hosts kevin frazier dkm and jcap ladies and gentlemen welcome to the alliance guys podcast a presentation of alliance-wrestling.com your number one source news and information for the national wrestling alliance as you can see we're down a man we're down a guy so we're going to count on you our our viewing audience to pick up what dkm dropped because as you can see you've got the world junior heavyweight champion right there kevin frazier i mean they don't call him the world junior champion but he still is in my heart he should be in yours too and of course i'm jay cal and uh, we've been doing this Alliance blog, this 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 uh, Alliance Guys podcast now for 13 years. Can you guys believe that? 13 years. 13. Jeez. Jay, how, so does this predate some of your kids? Yeah, it predates two of them. You, you oh. remember Lily. You remember Lily, and she'd come up, <laughs> yeah. you know, she's about six years old. Yeah, she's about to be 17. Wow. She's oh, about, God. She, she's just a year out from graduating from, from high school. So, well, yeah, now I made if you need old. help, if you need If you need help killing somebody, just let me know. I, You know, <laughs> don't say that on the air. They won't find the body. Okay, we're kidding. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> so, man, I just want to say what's up to all the people in the chat. Uh, you guys are so faithful for waiting on us. We appreciate it. We're happy to see all you guys, and uh, it ought to be a fun ride today because me and Jay have not talked one bit about the show off air, so all of our opinions right now are going to be fresh. Usually we got a little chat going or uh, have a little pre-talk, but this was just going to be totally raw, totally off the cuff, so it ought to be fun. Uh, I look forward to hearing it, to, to hearing what Jay has to say about the show, and I also look forward to hearing what you, the people, have to say uh, because NWA power surge number one for me was not expected and number two Jay I'm going to shake my head and just let you take it from here brother alright so <laughs> you know here's already deflated right I don't think that this is a bad show I don't think the first one was a bad show I just feel like I feel like these shows. Okay, let's preface. Whoa, say it, don't spray it, buddy. Let's preface a few things, right? The first thing is, first thing is, you're not paying for Power Search, right? Your subscription to the NWA Block, whatever you call it, subscription service, whatever it is, 
is three episodes of NWA Power. And then you have limited access to their pay-per-views. So you have the opportunity to check out some of the older some of the older pay-per-views, like um, uh, the, the pop-up anniversary show, the, 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 first, uh, the first show that they put out, or like the Hard Times. You can go back and watch Hard Times, or the first uh, Georgia Public Broadcasting Studios pay-per-view they put out was uh, Into the Fire. That's what the subscription... Into the Fire! <laughs> That's what the subscription service gives you. Okay, the icing on the cake is, yeah, you can go check out all the old episodes of NWA Power, but then they throw out this Power Surge. This is free. It's a freebie. Now, the thing about that is, if they're going to put it out for free, I think they should make it available. And and DK actually said this uh, on the pre-party. DK was in the chat and said, hey, they should just make it free on Fight TV because then it would make a little bit more sense. Because if you're putting this as part of my package, I'm already paying for this. I I've watched. We've, every, we've already seen two thirds of the show. I've watched every single minute. Because it's all replays of stuff we already saw. I I paid four, paid four ninety nine to watch every single episode. So I don't know why I you know you're you're making this available to me like this is a thing. This this shouldn't be a thing. There's you know if it's only three episodes, okay, I have to accept that. But just make this available to everybody on fight or or. Uh, you know, I don't know. I guess you can't put it on YouTube, but make it for free on Fight. That that makes sense to me. But putting it like as part of this package and making it seem like, oh, can, here you go, you guys deserve this. No, no, this is this is a waste of time. We're gonna talk about it uh, because there was some cool things. There was some new information. There were there's some things that were on the show that were kind of cool. But for the most part, this is a recap show. And if you guys are here with us every week, we are your recap show. <laughs> There's no point in watching this. It, it's a, it doesn't do anyone a, a, a lick of good. So with that being said, the show kicks off. You know, uh, the, the first thing they do is get to that Thunder Rosa segment. They they break down the, uh, the Women's Wrestling Summit or No Wrestling Summit, whatever it was. It was a mess. We thought it was a mess then. It was continued to be a mess now. Um, and then, and then shortly after that, Thunder Rosa sits down with uh, with May and with Joe Galley. And I, I will say this, Kev. Let me know how you feel. May Valentine has been kind of refreshing in her in this role. I mean, she does a pretty good job. I, I'd almost say you don't even need Joe Galley there. This should just be like the May Valentine show. I, I can't disagree because I'm not trying to take any credit for this, but I will say maybe, just maybe, I was the one who brought this up first or initially uh, that May Valentine seems to be like, a, has turned into a pretty big asset, um, especially in programming like this. And when we get to the Trevor Murdoch uh, interview, uh she, I mean, she, she pretty much like nailed into the wall a couple of times. She did the same thing to Thunder Rosa. She did the thing, same thing to Nick Aldis. Um, her line of questioning, I think, is really good. Um, the way she asks the questions, I think, is really good. Um, but here's the, that's the good thing. That's the good part. The bad part, Jay, is that 
May is as good as she was. She's not that good. I mean, she's good. She's better than, okay, like, you know, I, I'm not going to try to use some kind of illustration because I may say something offensive. But, like, she, she's, she's above average, which is better than she was. So she's improved a lot. But she's not like hope on the mic or anything. No, 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 no. And that's the, that's what I'm saying. I mean, like, and that says a lot about Joe Galley. Now I have a weird, I have a question, Jay, and you're probably going to cover this too. But why, when they were calling the match, and why does it feel like timing-wise, the timing was all off on this show? Oh, I, like I, I felt like. It felt like it wasn't supposed to air this week. No, they're, they're talking about genocide. Like, like she hasn't already wrestled Camille. Um, there's just, there's just some stuff that I thought timing-wise was a little bit wonky. They absolutely goofed. There was a huge gaffe in this. Um, there's no other way to explain it. I mean, they full-on came out there, and you know, Velvet Sky said this was the a debut match for both of these girls, and it was like, no, no, their debut match was weeks ago. Like, I, I really felt like maybe this, the, the way that they originally aired this, uh, you're right, has, has gotten all kinds of wonky, all kinds of mixed up. And, and you hear it in more than just this part, but specifically this match. I mean, it just, they botched it. You know, they botched the yeah. editing. Like, even more so. Like, so let's get back to, I mean, we're going to get to the match anyways, but uh, I'll just say this real quick. Sure. They 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 rushed to get Camille in the ring with Genocide, which I still think right. is a pretty good match, and I, I like the idea behind it. But I felt like sure. if they put this match first, it would have given that a little bit of room to breathe between her and Camille. It, it would have been better. Yeah. It would have been better because now Genocide has built up some momentum to face Camille. You've built up Genocide, and now Camille like re- is wrestling somebody. Not that, not that, honestly, and again, so I, I'm glad DK's not here to give me the old school wrestling, back in the day, build them up for six months, and blah, blah, blah. Okay, I agree that you need to build stuff up, DK, I love you. But it's not 1986. Like, a couple of matches is good enough to build somebody up. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, the talent to some, in some areas of the show is a little thin. And no one can say that right off the bat, Genocide wasn't a contender. Just from the minute she walked out, walked in the ring, and showed she's got a very physical presence and she's a good athlete. That immediately sets her above some of the other girls that I've seen. And this is not a knock, but look, believability is big to me. You know, and if a little wrestler isn't more athletic than the big wrestler. The big wrestler doesn't have to be as great of a technician because pure power and strength will overdo technicality if if that technician isn't like elite. And I'll say this to show you, back when I used to train amateur wrestlers, you know, I, I, I used to know a ton of awesome moves. Like I'm a technical guy, right? But the stronger I got, the less technical moves I needed because I got strong, I got in shape, and I didn't need as much, I didn't need as much technical skill, though it came in handy, I could just be stronger and more powerful and better conditioned than the other person. And again, that's something that got, you know, that that when I watch a match for it to be believable, 
That's why some of the matches I see today, when I see smaller guys that aren't even in better shape than the bigger guy, um, are out there, you know, doing stuff that's not believable. If if in, if case in point that match were to happen, say on the street, so genocide to me was immediately believable just from her prowess and athletic ability. Long way around to get to that, but to me, I feel like if I'm going to say something like that, I should explain what I mean by that. So bam. Well, and I think you did a, a good job of that. I, I, I felt like, um, again, you, you called it out. There's elements of the show that seem misplaced. And what's really weird about that, too, is so if you think back to the last power surge, right, we got Bro. Mims and Jeremiah Plunkett, and that match really didn't build much momentum for either man. Mims ended up winning it, but there was no overlying story to be told. It's not like we're seeing Mims now challenging, you know, uh, Jack Dane in a match. You know, he just, right. it was just a match. And I feel like, right. wow, if you guys did that, then you could have put that women's match on that episode of Power Surge, and a lot of this would have flowed so much better. A very simple fix, and it's like, a, you know, we, 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 we questioned it, like, why is this match here on Power Surge? What point does it serve other than to just give us a dark match? Uh, you know, some sort of wrestling to go with this, you know, 15-minute recap. But they could have put a better match there. And, and like, and if you would have right. put... Well, at least it would have told a better story for for the, the what they're doing in the women's division. That, I mean, your point is, I didn't even, you know, I hadn't even thought of that, Jay. So maybe maybe you should do some fantasy booking. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm telling you, like... We, you and I could probably do a fantasy book show, and I guarantee you, I guarantee you, our 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 matchups would probably make a lot more sense than what we've seen on TV thus far. But let's get back to Thunder Rosa because here she is, you know. Again, May Valentine with the hard hitting questions. Thunder Rosa speaks about giving other women opportunities, which is a hundred percent true, right? Like, sure. Let's let's talk about this. She opened up Mission Pro last year. AEW has been using all kinds of the talent that's been coming through Mission Pro. Uh, I, I, I don't know all of the names. I'm not a big AEW viewer, but um, sure. I'm sure some of these guys here in the chat can list some of them. But uh, like Genocide has been on AEW. Uh, uh, Alexia Grassi has been on AEW. Um, some of the other talents, uh, I think Sky Blue had been on AEW. Um so, I mean, look, she's created opportunity. Hell, it's even evident here tonight on that show where we're seeing a spotlight match featuring two of, you know, what we would consider her girls right there on the NWA. Right. So you can't really and, dismiss that. Mm -hmm. Go but ahead. Keep going. Keep going. I just thought that was cool. I, you know, the, the fact that she said it and, and she put it out there. I, I, I did. I, I agree. But I felt like Thunder Rosa's. Um. Again, I felt like May Valentine like kind of ran circles around her a little bit in that. And, and and again, look, okay. Now this is something I have to say too, that Thunder Rosa is the baby face of the company, at least as far as I know. And it's fine for May to go out there and make. Okay, she made Trevor look stupid too. I guess I guess if they're gonna do questioning, like they should be setting Thunder Rosa up to look good. Yeah. And I think in certain elements of of the interview, Thunder Rosa looked bad. Yeah. And I don't mean terrible. I just mean 
I, I, my point is like it's not that I thought she looked horrible it's that the goal should be to put I mean Thunder Rosa is as good as anybody in wrestling today yeah. and you should be happy to have somebody like that on your show and I feel like if you're going to put her out there in an interview set her up with like three good questions that that she's ready to answer and she can go out there and really exercise like her skills and promos and I felt like the segment felt almost as if she didn't know what questions yeah. she was going to be asked or that she wasn't maybe prepared for those questions. And again, listen, for those watching that don't know, wrestling is a work. And that's actually how we can make moments happen um, that don't always have to just be, oh my gosh, you know, it just happened kind of thing. Those things happen too, but... I mean, it could have really set up Thunder Rosa better to look better in this um, than I felt like she did. Uh, you're you're 100% right. And I do kind of feel like as much as I said nice things about May, and I do believe those, I feel like she kind of, and I don't know if this was her questioning or someone feeding her these questions to ask, but that question that we get almost immediately, May asks if Thunder Rosa working other places um affects loyalty you know I, I'm, I'm i'm poorly paraphrasing it but like right just the the way that you ask that question it automatically makes thunder rosa look like a bad guy and then and then creatively thunder may says so what do you say to your critics well i gotta be honest i'm one of the most critical persons out there speaking about the nwa and i have no problem with her working at mission pro or aew or anywhere else and I feel like maybe this was an inside question from the NWA office, you know. And I, this isn't this is a shoot, brother. I think they were trying to make her look bad. And it's like I don't understand why you would do that. I don't see the benefit of of throwing that out there. And, and you know, Thunder Rosa answers honestly, "Hey, money's money, business is business. I'm going to go where the money is." And um, but I, I just thought that was like it was a misdirect, like May. May ask the question and says, "So, you know, what are your critic? What do you? What's your answer to those critics?" And it's like, no, no one's out there criticizing her for that. No one, you right. know, the AEW fanboys want her to go full time in AEW. Um, the well, NWA and, and fans. I don't think anybody. I don't think anybody cares. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, guys, in the chat. Are you, do you guys care whether Thunder Rosa works at other places or not? And the truth is, is that this is a funny thing. Let's 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 discuss this topic for a second, because I was going to discuss it anyway. But the whole Trevor Murdoch, he's out of work for thirty days. He's got to feed his family. The guy's under contract, didn't he? Yeah. Don't we know that? Okay. Like we're not stupid. So how are you going to like act like there's a pretend world over here, <laughs> and then Thunder Rosa, you're going to come over here, and you're going to you're gonna like break the fourth wall in your pretend world just to make Thunder Rosa look bad. Yeah, it's kind of dumb. Like, like why are we discussing stuff that like happening outside of the National Wrestling Alliance on National Wrestling Alliance TV? And why is Thunder Rosa's reality that we all know about okay to discuss and acknowledge, but? We all know Trevor Murdoch ain't losing no pay because of the storyline. So again, it's like it just kind of feels hokey to me. That's all. I, I just I'm like, 
to like to your point, I felt like it was a bad line of questioning. And if this is a passive-aggressive way for the NWA to take a shot at their like biggest star, it's dumb. That's dumb. That's a bad move. I felt like you know, I felt like that segment should have all been building up to Thunder Rosa cutting a, a five-star promo on Camille. Or That's at, it. At the at the very least, like if you're gonna start asking her questions about traveling outside of the promotions, why not ask her something like, "Do you feel like your schedule in AEW might have had a toll on you not winning that match against Camille?" Like, there's a way sure. to, that you could have still phrased that question that would have put the emphasis on the feud with Camille and that the mm-hmm. fact that they're both going for that same opportunity to wrestle Serena Deep. There was not even one question about Serena Deep. No one's even mentioned Serena Deep by name. They keep saying that the title, you know, the the the, the number one contendership, but they're not even talking about who the champion is. It's 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 these little tiny things that really just irk the heck out of me. And it's like you could have played this up a different way. Hey, you know, Thunder Rosa, thank you for what you've done for women's wrestling. You really are an inspiration. Tell me what you think about the women's world champion, Serena Deep. Tell me what you think about Camille. Tell me about your time in AEW. Now that your feud with Britt Barker's done, what is your goal for AEW and, and how is that going to impact the NWA? These are kind of questions that you could have had this real moment, right? This this legitimate, like, real feeling. And you could have had Thunder Rosa look like a star, and, and other, but the way they did it just didn't come off as good. No, I, I agree. And and again, I just, I, I don't remember all the details of the promo. And just to answer, there's a good question that Ron Gibson had in the chat. He said, Kevin must be happy to hear that Jazz is coming back to the NWA let's, as a trainer. Let, let's, let's get Come to on. that. Let's get to that later because I do want to talk about that. Okay. If you want to talk about that, then Ron, hang on because we are going to discuss that later. Because we're so all back to this part. Of, go ahead. We're all big Jazz fans. But let's get to that in a little bit. Right. I, I just want to just final final thought because I don't want to belabor on this too long because um, I just I just there's just I don't understand when you have a talented wait wait hold on you read what Ron just wrote can I, can I, do I, do I want to read it out loud yeah read it out loud <laughs> it would have been funny if the follow up to that question was what music do you like Rosa don't you think you should try a Billy's theme song for your intro <laughs> Ron's, Ron's throwing firecrackers tonight let me tell hey, you man he's bringing some know, heat what what does Rob have a job to lose? You know, like like that that's the part that I think is kind of ridiculous that we out here in TV land can or YouTube land because we have no job to lose can spit the truth, but the people within your own company can't even tell you the truth. Man, man, man. Uh oh, we got a I got a got something in the oven that's burning. So sorry guys for the for real life is happening here. You know, I I, I want to say too. You bring up a great point, too, about Serena Deeb. I have a conspiracy theory right now about Serena Deeb. And my conspiracy theory for that is, is that I don't know if they know if she's going to continue to be their champion. Well, yeah. That's why they're not bringing her name up. And, and, you know, that's fine because I don't really expect her to be champion either. You know what I mean? Like, I I, I get that. But with that being said, I, I don't want her... You know, if she's not going to come and defend the title, okay, that's fine. But, like, 
there's a reason why she's wearing the belt. That was signed off by Billy. Like, it wasn't... None of this stuff happens in a vacuum. If she's not coming to the NWA to defend the title, if either Thunder Rosa or Camille's going to AEW to win it, that's all good and fine. It just... just doesn't make sense. Like, we... Like, we knew back in, in December that they were planning on doing these TV tapings initially in December. Serena Deep even uh, did an interview where she talked about that the NWA uh, was getting ready to go back to tapings. We knew that back in December. So we know that at some point she was supposed to be a part of it. And I still honestly believe she's going to be a part of it. Like, I, I still think that's a thing. Uh-oh. Now, Jay, now Jay's camera just went out. <laughs> We're having a great show tonight, guys. Um, sorry, guys. Sorry, sorry. I, I'm having some technical difficulties in the kitchen now. Um, my camera just went out, so uh, give me just a second. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I feel like they knew what was going to happen. They knew what was going on, and, and I feel like this question really was just a way to kind of. Um, give me, give me a second. I'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, guys. I really do feel like that was just a way to throw her underneath the bus. And, uh, well, well, Kevin is taking care of his uh, fire. Um, can, Kevin, can Kevin fix it? Sorry, guys. Probably not. Um, can't fix it. <laughs> so that, that takes us to the next... Um, <laughs> Okay, I'm going to I'm going to put my audio on mute for a second. Guys. Okay. All right. So, um obviously that caused a little ruckus there. Sorry about that, guys. I'm still trying to figure out what I'm trying to do here. There we go. Yeah. See, we got placeholders now. Okay, so obviously um when, when, when everything went down in that interview, it just seemed a little odd. It seemed a little strange. Um, I don't think that that was a good look for the NWA. Again, I feel like May was just doing her job. Someone fed her that question. I don't think she was out there trying to really um, throw Thunder Rosa under the bus. But, uh, you know, nevertheless. Uh, next, we get um, to that women's match. There we go. And we were about to talk about the women's match. And now that Kevin's back, we can do that. Um, we got Sorry, Genocide versus Sky Blue. Like, I know we talked a little bit about the match earlier. The couple things that I wanted to point out is, number one, Sky Blue wears Skechers in the ring. <laughs> Kevin, how could you? How could someone wear Skechers? In, or not, excuse me, not Skechers. Uh, um, not Skechers. Um, uh, Chucks. <laughs> what are those? So, so, before I go, before I answer any questions... I'm getting roasted in the chat room right now. So I was spitting so much fire, number one, that I set off the fire alarm. <laughs> True. Um, can I fix it? I took a book, this book, and I shot on the shot on the fire thing, busted it, knocked it across the room. <laughs> my wife. <laughs> so and again, I got another one that my thoughts are so fiery that alarm should always be going off. I can't disagree with that. I, I agree with that 100%. Are you, are you ignoring Woodland Goblins? How many Kevin Frazier's does it take to change a battery in a smoke detector? Zero. I just broke the smoke detector. <laughs> I just took that book and pow. Now I'm going to have to buy a new one for my landlord. But that's okay. Um, no, no. Uh, 
you know, Skechers in the ring. I've already, I've already roasted and toasted Slice Boogie for his Nikes. Um, I guess it's just a different era now. I guess. I mean, maybe I'm just dated. Uh oh, Terry McDermott message retracted, brother. Mm, Google did not like whatever it was you said. Maybe you should say it again, but in maybe code words. It still showed up. It still showed up on the live screen, so it said like uh, someone could rewind the video and, and read it. But it, uh, he was talking about the women's tag team division. Thank huh. you, Woodland Goblin. It was the Converse All Stars. It was the Converse All Stars. It wasn't Skechers. Okay. Thank you, Woodland Goblin. I mean, that, that's what that I, I can I can go with Converse. I mean, if it's a style statement. I, I liked. Is it Sky Blue? Yeah. I, I liked. She's the one that wrestled uh, genocide. Yes. I I liked her. Um. I I mean I can't say like I liked her a lot, but I thought she was pretty good. My my thing is is that like if it was one week, just once, and it never happened. After that, I wouldn't harp so much on this point I'm about to make. Hey, we got how many? Real quick, thank you, Brian Judd, for giving us a follow here on uh, on Twitch. Really appreciate that, brother. Thank you for checking us out. Thanks for the follow. So I, I like how many botches or semi botches do we have to have on a tape show? You know, like, I felt like in that match we had a couple botches, and I'm just like, every match I'm getting to the point where, like, I'm watching it kind of, like, on cringe because I'm like, is there going to be a botch in this match? And that's not good. Yeah. This is not, you know, botchamania. I have been on botchamania. I have botched moves, okay? <laughs> this is not, this is not, I have been on botchamania, okay? And it wasn't my fault. So, anyways, it's never my. It's never the wrestler who botches its fault. It's always the other guys. But no, I, I, I still, I, I just go like, yeah. But one botch, like one show, is fine. But you're, it's a tape show. And if it is my show and I'm paying wrestlers and it's a tape show and I'm paying all that money for production and they go and the match goes out there and it's not very good, go back out there, wrestle again. These matches are not more than six minutes, you know. Like, and as a wrestler, you should want your best product to be out there. This is your, for if you're a young wrestler and you're trying to make it, like the NWA could be a great opportunity for you to get seen elsewhere. Anyway, I'm I'm, I'm off that. But anyways, are we? If we're talking about the match, I thought the match was good actually. The funny part is, it's one of the better matches they've had in the whole season. Not only was in it in terms of just in general. Not. I liked a lot of the selling, right? Like, I liked, um, there was a part where, it, it, this is another thing that just kind of bothered me, too. Um, Velvet Sky made a point to, to point out, oh, well, you know, uh, Sky Blue is trained from Chicago, pro wrestling, whatever, and uh, she she's trained in Lucha Libre. Well, maybe she should do some of the Lucha Libre right now. And I'm like, she's been doing it the entire match. She just she just did a tilt a whirl like wait yeah. a minute. And, and yeah, then she the, just she just did a tilt a whirl into an octopus. 
And I, I thought I, 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 I got you. I thought the same thing. I was like, she just did Lucha Libre. She's, she but, did it. But I, I, not Joe Galley's best performance this week. And, and I don't. Maybe this match wasn't ever really suspected to be on TV. Like I don't, I don't honestly know what the plan was. But like, you know, I, I felt like this, this match might have been filmed the night after the pay per view, and they just kind of were winging it because they didn't really know what they were gonna do with them. Um, but I thought. I thought that uh, again, some of the moves were cool, like you said that the the, the tilt the world to the, um, the the flying head scissors into the octo- octopus stretch. I thought was really cool. I also liked... but that was preceded that was preceded by a botch. Which one? Because the tilt the world into the to the uh, octopus stretch, and actually, I felt like what genocide was thinking was better than what actually happened. But so genocide doesn't move, whatnot, and then old girl sky blue goes to hit the ropes as genocide's getting up and she goes to she goes to give the tilt a whirl and apparently sky blue is like i'm not ready for that yet so she kind of adjusted into like a lucha pass and then hits it i'm like it'd have been better if you'd have just hit it right away but that, that these are the little things that i'm talking about where it's like if you think that stuff doesn't matter you just don't know what you're talking about it does matter, especially when you don't have a lot of matches going out there. And there is, look, look, if there's anything competitive-wise in wrestling today, it's work rate as far as the moves and the way the moves are done. The stakes have never been higher. The storytelling has been better back in the 90s for sure. In the 80s, the storytelling was much better. But the in-ring stuff today, I don't care what DK says, I don't care what anybody says, is ten times better. If they just learned to sell, it would be, we'd be in another golden age. And the one last thing I want to say about the one move that I really thought was cool was that she tried to do that arm ringer with the ropes and and Jenna just didn't sell it at all. And I was like, that's awesome. Because, like, she's a big girl. How are you going to flip her over? She's 5'10". She's easily, you know, 175, 180 pounds. She's a big girl. And yeah. she just, she, I, I thought that was great. That that was one of no, the. Highlights. No, I agree with you. No, I agree with you on that. But again, when old when old girl goes to jump up the ropes, when she goes to do the bing 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 up, she didn't really hit that a hundred percent. Yeah. You know, she had to like whoa pause. You could tell it wasn't like fluent. And and here's a here's a little secret. Uh, but you know. If I'm if I'm on the other end of that, I've had a guy, you know, I've wrestled Lucho Doors before, and my buddy Lowrider used to do that move on me all the time. And if I saw that his momentum was staggering a little bit, I mean, I'm gonna try to make sure he doesn't. You know, the move we want, we both want the move to go off great. So because we both get the cheer when the thing goes right. So you know, they're talking they're talking about how manly genocide is in here, and I'm like, I don't know what kind of men you're looking at. Yeah, I she uh, everyone that doesn't like her. I mean, go look at her Instagram account. I, I've heard a couple people say that she's not a good looking girl, but I don't know, man. I think she's all right. Um, well, she does have the face paint on. I get that, but yeah, you know, she look. I, I, I dig genocide. Like I, I think she's got a lot, a lot to to improve on. But 
when you compare her to the rest of the roster, she's one of the more talented people that they've got on the home, well, on the roster. And then look at it this way too, right? So we're talking about this women's division, right? And so far, we still have Molina on the roster, who we haven't seen in the ring. We have Taryn Terrell, who again, I, I guess she's injured, but we still haven't seen her in the ring. And you've got these workhorses coming out of Mission Pro, Alex Graciara, Alexia Graciara. I know I'm killing it. Sorry, guys. Uh, she's great. Um, you know, the match she had with Camille was really solid. And then you've got these two, Sky Blue and Genocide. Again, they've been looking really good. It's like, maybe you don't need to spend all this money on these TNA, WWE hand-me-downs. And let's just go with the Mission Pro female roster. Let's just bring all of them in. <laughs> well, I mean, they're out working the men half the time. So, I mean, and again, that's not neither here nor there. I mean, that's not me saying that they shouldn't. Or that they can't, because if we're going to talk about Jazz later on the show, Jazz has been out working men since before I got in the business 20 years ago. <laughs> so we'll, we'll get to her momentarily. So that was a one and only match. And again, it's funny because we're being extremely critical of it, but it was Kevin and I both agree that it was a pretty good match. And it's been a lot better than some of the other matches we've seen on Power as a whole. So just goes to show you this show we're always going to be critical we're going to tell you when things are good we're going to tell you when things are bad and this match was pretty good but we still are going to tear it apart and find the good parts and the bad parts to it right well and, and and honestly like like to sum up that match that was one of the better matches they've had on this series so yeah I'm, i may have made a couple points to things on the work rate but on the level of work rate it was definitely the upper echelon it's just that when i rate work rate i'm not rating it in a vacuum i'm not going to rate nwa power against nwa power as if there's not other wrestling going on outside you know because that is the competition and they should be thinking that and they should be thinking you know okay you know aew probably does too much um wwe probably does too much talking in the ring and you know nxt Finds, a, finds itself somewhere in there in between and, and some of the other types of programming like ROH, you know, is much more wrestling wrestling heavy or like what we, we used to cover when we were covering United um, United Wrestling Network, which is very wrestling heavy. Yeah. Um, again, it's just, you can't, you can't, comp- I can't compare it in a vacuum. Yeah. I have to compare it to what's out there and just say, this is, a five is this and this is a three and this is why. I was, I was actually talking to Ron offline, um, and one of the shows that I've started to really enjoy is like Championship Wrestling from Memphis, and I know they've got, they don't have a single star on the show. Some of those guys are well known in the Memphis area. The women's wrestling is trash, don't get me wrong, but the actual wrestling in the ring, I mean, I mean it's, it's like, wow, how, why is this so much better than what I'm paying for on Thursday or uh, on Tuesday, excuse me. It's like, I, it, it, yeah. it's a free show. I'm watching it on YouTube for free, but the, the wrestling and the storytelling is pretty cohesive and it's like, I get it. I watched one episode and I'm in. Right, and where is it at? It's in Memphis. Oh. It's, I mean, maybe the work rate capital of the territories back in the day. Yeah, back in the day. I mean, that's, sure. where, that's, where macho, that's, where, that's where Macho Man came from. That man could work. That is, that is, that's probably the best, maybe the best ever. And that's, that's, I, I'm not forgetting Ricky Steamboat and Eddie Guerrero and those guys. But, Whoa. dude, when you know what you're looking at and you watch Macho Man, I mean, 
Macho Man would do things. Okay, he was so good at the thing you're supposed to do. Now I might blow you guys' mind here a little bit, but just bear with. These are things that maybe me and Rodney Mack would talk about, or Bull. Like he would do things that he was supposed. Like he could do what he was supposed to do in terms of what we're supposed to do as wrestlers so well that he could like mold it and do and, and tweak it and twist it and do stuff with it, and it still was what you were supposed to do in ways that like. I can go back and watch and go, man, that was amazing. But like, could I have come up with that out of thin air? That's what makes, to me, Macho Man so amazing. Not that you can't just go back and go, oh man. Like, like instead of working the leg, he sprained his ankle, took his boot off and wrestled, wrestled with a shoe off. Instead of like all the other crap that everybody does all the time. Just something simple like that. And he still accomplished the exact same thing in the exact same time. And you go, and the story got across. It was better than watching a guy limp around the ring the whole time. Our boy, and, and again, these are just. Go ahead. Our boy Kakushi wanted to point out that he was trained in Canada. Was Kakushi? Like, since you're the expert, was he? Is he from the dungeon? Was he trained in the hearts by the hearts? I never knew that. We'll wait for his answer. Uh, Terry well, McDermott. I do know said, he was big in Memphis. Terry McDermott says Elvis was a big fan of Memphis wrestling. So that brings us to the Trevor Murdoch interview, the sit-down interview. And, I, I, I mean, that was kind of hard for me to watch. And I, I he just got sent home, like, just on two, uh, seven days ago. He just got sent home. But now he's here, continuity-wise, now he's in the studio talking to May. So he's not home, obviously. He's right there. And so we don't even get to miss him. We don't even get to forget about him. We don't even, like, he's not even a memory because he was just here in the main event last week, and now he's here talking to Mae Valentine. And, and to me, it's like, come on. It's the little things that you guys are botching. I don't need to see Murdoch on my TV. He's supposed to be gone. Get his ass home. And that's not to say I don't like Murdoch. I see Woodland Goblin says Murdoch cries a lot. Like, I, I don't have a problem with him. I, I think he's a good talent. I think he cuts a good promo. He, he definitely brings energy to the ring. But give me a break. Let me forget about him for a week. Because that that the whole part of him being suspended is that he's supposed to be off our TV. If you're going to bring him in, in a promo package or an interview, like at least let a week go by so we can kind of like miss him. It just didn't make any sense. Um, no, no, and, and and we're not even to the content of the interview. No, but but I want to I want to comment on that before we get to the content of the interview. Um, I agree, I agree a hundred percent that he's gone. Why is he on the show? Right. Um. <laughs> I just I, I I don't get it. Like you said, is a good. I mean, you just bring up, but but again. Okay, we got to talk about what he said because there's some other things that he said in the interview that I'm going, did I miss something here? So carry on. Well, I mean, that's kind of where I left off, man. I I didn't put a whole lot into it. Um, I know that he was talking about he's made sacrifices. And and when he was telling his story, honestly, I couldn't help but think of you and think about the times where you and Manimal were driving from 
you know, Dallas, Fort Worth out to Hollywood. And, and I know that you guys would stop in Arizona. You guys would stop in New Mexico. You guys would pretty much pick up dates everywhere you could all the way to Hollywood. And I always thought that was such a crazy lifestyle. And so like, I, I always wondered, like, how the heck do you guys do it? And the, it just made me think about you a lot. Because I, I, I remember one tour. I know you did a, a show in Dallas-Fort Worth. And then you started on the road. And I think you did a show in New Mexico. I, I want to say New Mexico, but it might have been another state. I know you got to Hollywood. You did the TV tapings and all-day TV tapings on Sunday. You jumped in the car, and I know you drove up north because you guys were doing some uh, hood slam stuff or something like that. And I was sure. just like, holy crap, man. Like, so much. You know, you're, you're, you're in a car, and you're driving for hours, and then you get to the show, you wrestle, and you get back in the car, and you're driving on the road again. Tell, can sure. you tell us about that, Kev? I mean, we'll get back to Trevor, uh, but... Sure. The, the thing is, is that for me, me, me and, and Bull for sure, and for those of you, Bull is Manimal's name, but not real name. Um, <laughs> that's a whole other thing. Um, <laughs> it's actually, a nickname. Actually, Bull's, Bull's, Bull's real name is Aaron. Yeah, I know that. Shoot name is Aaron. And I just can't call him Aaron. Like, even Jazz, like, Aaron, I can't. Who is Aaron? <laughs> um, no, but, you know, so so it's interesting because you, you want it, you love what you do. I mean, in a way, this is what, what you train for, why you work so hard is to be able to have these kinds of, these kinds of moments. But the other side of it is that most of what, Bull and I did, um, you know, we we learned this type of lifestyle from Rodney and Jazz. Uh, they they were already doing that right when I started. Um, when I started wrestling, they were doing that, and they kind of taught us to taught us that way. And it's kind of a last of a dying breed in many ways, just because I can't really. But I can't say that. I know there are guys that do it, so I can't say that it's it, no one's doing it anymore. Um, I know plenty of guys that have, and and you know, one of the guys that we had on the show not too long back or a while back, Ricky Starks, is a guy that you know is, ain't afraid to pay some dues on the road. We traveled together, you know, a couple times ourselves. So it, it honestly, it's it's a blast because you know when you're in the car with people that you consider friends, um, you know, you're not just eating together, but you're going to the gym together. You're, you know, staying in the same place, sometimes in the car, but I, I was in the car guy. Look, if, if, if I had to pay for the hotel room because everybody else was broke, because I was a high roller, because I was a world champ, because I was the one wheeling and dealing, kiss stealing, limousine riding, jet flying, so on and so forth uh i'd pay for the, the hotel but the point is is that you're doing this all together with your friends that makes it a blast but not just that but man you get to go out and wrestle man you get to you get you you have your i mean that's what it's all about and i think i think that's what makes it worth it and i think for us me especially the big payoff was getting to, to be on television in Hollywood as kind of the to me it was kind of the reward for all the hard work because you know Dave was always so generous uh, 
for, you know, typically Dave was going to reward you for your hard work on the show. If you were good, he was going to do something with you and do something good with you. And he always treated me well, you know, and if I didn't, wasn't comfortable with the story or I wanted to have some input, Dave would talk to me and listen to me and we, we could work something out. So to me, it was always like, that was the big payoff, you know, is getting to California, getting to be on Hollywood television. And it's funny, I'll never forget. I was uh, on, the, I guess it's a strip. Maybe, I don't know what strip it is, one in, in LA or Hollywood or something, Sunset Strip or yeah, something, yeah. Where, the, where the stars are on the ground. And we're walking this strip and we go into this bar to get a beer. I don't drink anymore, but used to. And we see this guy at the bar and he just looks like run down. You know, down on his luck, like everything that could have gone wrong looks like it's gone wrong in his life. And he says, I've been out here in Hollywood for blankety many years trying to get on TV. And I'm like, here I am, my first time ever in Hollywood. And I'm on TV wrestling as a world champion, getting to wrestle one of the best young wrestlers in the world at the time, Nick Madrid, having the time of my life with my friends. And to me, you just go, man, this is a privilege. You know, people come out here and like almost die on the street <laughs> to, to have an opportunity that I got to do this Texas boy like the first time I've ever here. So, you know, many times that's what you, you think about and those are the things that make it worth it. And sometimes you're in the car with three 300 pound guys, one of them 400 pounds, and you're in the back corner of a four cylinder economy car and the 400 pound guy is your pillow and, and, and you wake up and there's a, there's a big 400 pound nipple in your face. Uh, you know, these are the things that, these are the things that, you know, you just can't, that life can't take from you once you've already, once they've happened. So there's your quick little story. That's awesome. <laughs> um, so, okay. With that being said, then like, tell me how you felt when you heard, uh, you know, Trevor Murdoch kind of talk about, you know, almost almost like gave his hard his hard time speech, you know, the struggles of trying to get into the ring, you know, whether he's going to pay his mortgage or, or pay for gas to make his next booking. I mean, how did you feel about hearing all that? Who believes that? Like, who really believes that? Like, guys, in the chat, who believes that? Nobody's buying that 1985 Dusty Rose crap. I'm looking straight into the camera. Nobody's buying that. I love I love Trevor Murdoch in the ring. I think he's an amazing worker. And then when he's not put in these like positions where he has to like, I don't know if they're making him think on the fly, but it doesn't feel like he's getting proper preparation to answer some of these questions properly for his character. Like, like this is not the best position to put him in. And I know we knock on him a little bit, but this is bad booking and bad usage, just like they used Thunder Rosa bad. This is bad usage of a guy that they're trying to push. They can do so much more with Trevor Murdoch. And I understand like what he was saying about Harley Race and everything, like, but make it mean something, you know? Like like put it in a context where it where it's like it, it matters, but giving me this whole line about he can't feed his family because he can't wrestle at the NWA for 30 days. Like, they're not wrestling every week. We all know that. It's not like he can't take bookings outside of the NWA, which is 
probably where he makes his extra money. I just don't know how, like, who's buying that? So, I, I don't know. It just, it's a cheesy storyline. It's very dated. And, and you can do the same thing they're trying to do and do it in a genuine way where we go, wow, maybe that is real. But this... <laughs> how, did, how did you feel... I, okay, so I don't want to sound too classist or classless or anything like that, but I mean, we're talking about a guy who had multiple runs with the WWE, you know, his former tag team champion. He was, you know, uh, not necessarily the main event, but he wasn't, he was far from mid card. I mean, he, he was a tag team champion. They put up, he was on impact, you know, I, I mean, at one point he was almost out of the business. Like when the NWA brought him in, he was almost out of the business. So it's not like wrestling is his primary source of income. Like maybe it's different now, but it, the whole thing just felt weird to me. And, you know, Oki. Yeah. And, and he's, he doesn't need to be a baby face and I'm not saying make him a tweener, but like, he's not somebody we should be sympathetic for. He's a guy that should go out there and kick somebody's ass. He should uh, right, be. And, and I'm gonna I'm gonna butt in here. Can you like he's 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 in that? And again, I'm not I, I'm not. It's not an apples to apples. There's just some com, com, comparisons here. He's in that stone cold butt kicker. You know, I'm gonna go out there. I'm gonna whoop you. I don't care what you think. I'm a good old boy. I'm gonna take you out the woodshed and I'm gonna beat you down. And like this is not how you book that guy. And, and just like uh, like Woodland said, he was very emotional. These aren't the emotions we really want to see from him. No offense to him, but it it, it just doesn't work for for him or what they're trying to do. What what they they could be doing. And that's the thing. Like uh, again, I, I know you have a vast experience in the ring. I know you are a you probably could walk into the NWA right now and be an agent for them, be a producer for them and help write some of the ship. But I'm a dude who's never done any of that. And I could tell you that they're using him wrong. I mean, we, he needs to go out there and kick some butt. Like one of the best things I saw is him go out there during that Nick Aldis match. Like, although we didn't get the Jordan Clearwater, Nick Aldis part two that we were all hoping for. Like, at least he was out there fighting. You know what I mean? No talking, no boohooing. He was going out there and fighting. Yep. And I, I, I've referenced this before, but there was a point in time when I was backstage at a championship wrestling from Hollywood when Adam Pierce was still there and he was coaching some of the baby faces on promos. I'm not going to say which wrestler he was coaching, but the, the wrestler was cutting this promo and Pierce said, stop, just stop. And everyone turns around and looks at Pierce and he goes, you sound like a whiny bee. I'll let you guys yeah. put in the rest of the letters. If you're a face, the fans need a reason to cheer for you, not to hear you crying. I heard somebody in the chat, I think it was Woodland Goblin, said something about him being a cry, like a crying. We don't need right. that. We need a we. If he's gonna be the hero and the guy that you push, then he comes out there and says, "All this, you got me. You got me good. You tricked me. I'm gonna come back. I'm gonna come get you." And that just simple as that. We don't need, you know. You know, we don't need him holding this, this, a baby. We don't need him. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I don't want that from her. But again, but again, what you're, what I think they're aiming for these regurgitated 1980s NWA promos and storylines, and it's like, like, look, you can still get across what you're trying to get across without like just completely 
number one, ripping something off. Number two, dating yourself and making things that are somewhat tone deaf to what even that your show doesn't even do. Because the show itself broke the, fir the fourth wall in the first promo, and then you come over here and you want us to believe this fantasy world exists and you don't even acknowledge it yourself and i think and then not only that but you contradict your little fantasy world by having him in your studio so it's kind of weird and I, I agree why not set it up back home where he's at a, or at least make it look like a living room you're on a tv set for god's <laughs> sakes at least make it look like somebody's house or, or living room or maybe film it at a hotel room you know what i mean like they had I, don't, I don't know you know yeah, all he has to, he had to get a hotel or, yeah, I mean, you could, man, come on. Um, somebody told me to cut a promo on the fire alarm that hit the floor. Let's do it. That, that, now listen here, brother. <laughs> you, you talked your noise for the last time. There, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't, give me, give me a minute, okay, give me a minute. Maybe, maybe maybe I can come up with something, but I, I don't know. I, I'm gonna read some of the, the chat, something and some stuff in the chat, just to see uh, where they're at. Yeah. Um, he even admits he's, you know, like see, and it's like it's like our guys in the chat can't help but make fun of him, and that's like that they're right. They should be making fun of him. Um, and this is the thing. For one, God Almighty, if Trevor Murdoch ever watches this show, which he probably won't, but if he does, big man, I ain't saying you suck. <laughs> like, 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 in all reality, like, top three, top four workers in the company by far, and, and when he gets in the ring, like I said, I'll watch him and Tom Latimer wrestle. Yes! 20 times in a row. Yes! I'll watch them stand, I'll watch them stand there on microphones going, oh, 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 I love it. I would pay to watch them stand in the ring, walking around, bucking up to each other going, ah, I pay to see that. That's what I want to see. Yeah. And I just think it's like, it's like oil and water. You know, it's like, again, we've, we've harped on this long for a while and we've said it a lot that it's just, the talent's there, it's just that at some point, I feel like the talent needs to step up themselves and start saying, hey, we can't, why, why, again, you don't, you don't have to totally poo-poo somebody's idea to make a little changes here and there on it. That's all I'm saying. What well, you know, uh, Woodland, Woodland just said, uh, Murdoch, send your wife and big kids to go work for, for 30 days. And that reminded me of that Ricky Morton promo when he was talking about how wrestling, he needs wrestling to feed his kids. I'm like, Ricky Morton, your kids are as old as I am. What, what are you talking about, pal? Well, and, and, and rest, Ricky Morton doesn't need NWA wrestling. Maybe he needs his whatever he does out on the indies and all that. I mean, I can see that. But no one's buying that the NWA is paying your bills. <laughs> May, you know, like maybe Nick Aldis. Um, but uh, anyway. Oh, look at DK wants to come in and start start badgering us, huh? Somebody told me to do my, my get a white t-shirt and do my DKM impression. <laughs> Is this about the good time for it? Yeah, dude, go 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 get your shine box, sure. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> listen, this is not nice. Listen, 
back when Fritz von Erich used to book at world-class championship wrestling, it used to take 30 weeks to, to put one match together. I don't understand why we're not building this stuff up like this. You How's that? You don't have a knife, though. You need a knife to trim your beard. <laughs> <laughs> DK, we love you, man. We miss you. Come on. Anyways, carry on. <laughs> so that, okay, so we basically covered the promo. I don't think we need to say anything more about it. No, that, that no. Inter- that- no, no, we do. We do. We have to talk about where Mae Young busts in and asks these, like, <laughs> it was entertaining. It wasn't good for Trevor Murdoch, but it was entertaining. She asks him, like, um, you seem you seem a little upset about this. And Trevor Murdoch, like, he wasn't expecting her to ask it. It, like, threw him off. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. And then she's like, you seem sad about this. And it's almost like he was about to start crying. <laughs> I just think like, I, I just think like, again, May Valentine is great. Sounds like on the cuff, you know, kind of with the back and forth. And it's almost like, it's almost like they need to put her with the people they want to look stupid, not the people they're trying to build up. Kev, and, Kev you said May yeah. Young. You meant May Valentine. Oops. May Valentine. Yes, May Young. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Put her through a table. So, getting past that, then I think the 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 next big thing that the where we got some good news, we heard some some forward momentum, is that Nick Aldis, with his graciousness. Oh, stop! Time out. What was Trevor Murdoch talking about that he gets a shot at the world title? Yeah. Again. Where did that come from? Did anybody else notice that? Yeah, it, and he see, was like, he's like, I'm proud, I'm proud that I get a chance at the world title, and I'm like, you do? Because you just lost a match for a world title shot to leave town, and you never left, and now you're getting the title shot. No, I mean, did are... you notice that? Is that I had to rewind it to make sure I heard what I thought I heard. Was I right? No, I. Again, Woodland, I may have May Young going through my head, you know, just saying. Well, she did take a mean power bomb, so I mean, I one time got Mark Henry. One one time I heard uh, Bubba Ray say something like, um, "Yeah, May May Young went up to him and and said like, are you gonna put me through the table?" He says, "Yeah, I'll make sure to get your protection." She goes, "You better do it." damn right or something like that like something way more aggressive than you'd expect an old lady to say <laughs> well you know she did come up with moolah so god only knows what, what they did to those poor girls anyways moving on <laughs> okay so that brings us to where we actually hear something some new information we get something that kind of progresses the show this is, to me was the whole reason why you would even have this show is that uh, you get Aldis sitting there with May and Joe Galley. And, of course, Aldis isn't a big fan of Joe Galley. Um, you know, Aldis isn't a big fan of me either. But you have Aldis and Galley and, and May. And they bring up the uh, the tag team. And Aldis says, okay, well, hey, just to let you guys know, the number one contenders for the tag titles are Strictly Business and Chris Adonis and Tom Latimer. And at first I thought, well, that's kind of... That's kind of insane. Why? What did they do to 
deserve a tag team title shot. But then upon further inspection, like you start thinking about the tag team division of, uh, of this show. And really, they're the only ones that have a tag team victory win outside of Mims and Slice Boogie. And those guys aren't even tag teaming. So it only does make sense that Strictly Business gets a shot at uh, Stevens and Kratos. Because the end, who were a phenomenal tag team, they got a, they took the L. And then, uh, you know, the War Kings also took the L. So I was okay with it. Kevin, what do you think about Strictly Business, Adonis and Latimer getting a shot at the tag titles? I'm, I'm going to – everybody just – everybody don't fall out of your chairs. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to agree with DK on this one. I, I really don't like the Nick all this calling the shots stuff. Yeah. I mean, to some extent, it's fine. But, you know, for him to be the one to come out and tell us who the title contender is and and all that, um, you know, and then and then Galley later on says something to the effect of if they're still the tag champions. Like, it, it notice how, and, and that's to the next part, but Let's just get to the next part, okay? Because the next part is uh, Galley really ruffles uh, Aldous's feathers by telling him that in three weeks' time, there will be a 14-man over-the-top rope battle royal, and the winner becomes the number one contender for the 10 pounds of gold. And to what you were saying, he mentions that there will be no tag teams, uh, or excuse me, no champions allowed in that... that, uh, Battle Royal. So, no Pope, no Adonis, and no um, Kratos and Stevens. But he never mentioned, like, well, if Adonis is not champion at that point, he could be in the... T-. He didn't say that. I th- I thought that was just a weird way of saying it for Kratos and Stevens. Like, maybe they're going to drop the belts before the pay-per-view. Maybe they're going to drop the belts on power. It just, again... Why, why would are he we say doing that? It? Huh? But why would, he, why would he say, if just the tag champ... If they're still the champions. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I mean, I think we all know that they're not going to be the chance very much longer. But, but like, like, why make it so obvious? Like, it's kind of back, reminds me back when they were like, Kratos looks really unhappy on the on the apron for the whole match. You couldn't even tell he looked unhappy. And that's how he and looks. Like, and, then, and then, of course, he acts, you know, it just, uh, you know, and, and again, so let me think. Three weeks from now, and now Murdoch's been off for a week. Hmm. Thirty days. Hmm. Trevor Murdoch already blew his cover by saying he's getting a shot at the belt. Well, and, and then to make matters worse, like that. And then you... no champions can be in it. Hmm. I wonder. Does that mean that Latimer and Adonis won't be able to beat the Battle Royal? Hmm. And then because and... they're gonna win because Joe Galley already told us. Hmm. And Trevor Murdoch's getting a shot anyways because he already told us. Hmm. And then to make matters worse, right? Because there still hasn't been a card announced yet for the pay-per-view. Now they're kind of like, with all these hints, they still haven't released a card for the pay-per-view. And so, like, uh, with that 30 days, I mean, it's literally 30 days from today. 30 days from right now, one month from today, they're going to have the pay-per-view. And they have yet to announce a single match. So, you know, by next Tuesday, or excuse me, by that third Tuesday, when they have that battle royal to determine the number one contender, they're only going to have about a week before that match is made, I'm assuming, for the pay-per-view. 
Right. So is that the one that's already on Fight TV? Yeah, it's, it's already on there. It will. Yeah, circus looking thing. Yeah, it's when shadows fall or something like when our shadows fall. Which again, we all we know about this pay per view is it's got this weird emo goth name, and that somebody from some band or something is is going to be uh, doing the song for it. It's like. They announced the pay-per-view. They didn't announce a single match. They still haven't announced a single match. It's like, come on, guys. I want to give you my money. And I'm actually encouraging everyone that's watching this video right now, don't pre-order this pay-per-view. Don't order this pay-per-view until they give you some matches because nothing's going to change with the NWA until it starts affecting their pocketbooks. And I got to be honest, I know people who bought that pay-per-view like that. Didn't even think twice about it. There's no matches even announced yet. This is ridiculous. It this irks me more than anything else. Any more than the bad booking, more than the the, the Nick Aldis and his gratuitous, uh, you know, over the top, overly booked gimmicks for matches. This is what pisses me off: is that they're expecting me to pay twenty bucks and they won't even give me a match. They won't tell me what matches are on the card. Nuts to that. No. No. Woo! I'm fired I, up, I, man. You know, you know, I would um, make sure to keep your blinds closed at night, man. Billy Corgan might have his people out, so I'll get you now after that. I'm just saying, man. Maybe just call. Maybe just send Dave Marquez. He's got his people. Maybe he'll send his people over to protect you out there. I, I'm just saying. My. Like, um, no, I agree with you, Jay. I can't disagree because. I, they're playing with your money. Yeah, I agree. Ke- Kevin, you've known me for at least, oh gosh, since 2000, what, 2010. So for 11 years, you've known me, Kevin. And for 11 years, I've been a staunch supporter of the National Wrestling Alliance. I've bought in every pay-per-view. Hell, I flew to China to see the, the world's heavyweight champion, Nick Aldis, defend the belt. I, I, I was at the first championship wrestling from Hollywood TV taping. I was at the NWA showcase tapings. Guys, I flew to Atlanta to be a part of the first uh, power tapings. I was there when Nick Aldis won the title at the, the 70th anniversary show. I was at the Crockett Cup. Guys, I put my money and my miles out there to support this brand. I'm a staunch supporter of this brand, and I'm telling you, it's not right that they're they're promoting a pay-per-view, they're telling you to go out and buy, and they're not even giving you a card? You know, um, I'm going to say something, Jay, that, you know, I truly think that because, you know, maybe I was a, I was a wrestler, and my, most most people in the business probably still don't realize that I'm a fan, nor nor would they really respect me as a fan anymore. I know that sounds harsh, to, hard to believe, but that's just kind of how it is for guys that have wrestled or are out of the business or, or retired or whatever. When you say something like that, though, it really carries some weight. If I say it, I'm just a bitter old wrestler that's retired and mad that I'm not in the ring anymore. Um, and my money probably really doesn't matter they don't care about my money because they're not i'm not the one they're trying to get anyway um i'm gonna watch wrestling one way or another probably you are too but my point is is that like when you hear for me when you hear somebody who is a true blue fan who for us or for me especially when i was a wrestler but even somebody now like 
You make the world go round. Like fans are what in the wrestling world make the world go round. Like without fans, there's a bunch of dudes in tights playing with each other. <laughs> it's true. And that's why like when all the when all of the virus stuff happened, like they know what to people know what to do. Because the 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 vehicle, the thing that makes it happen are the are the people that go to the shows and, and watch. And so like for me it's almost like empathy. It's almost pains me. Because wrestling's hurt me physically, emotionally, and mentally to my core at some point or another. And that's part of what you accept when you get in it. But if but it's almost like fans are almost like our kids. Like you should never have to experience that. At least that's how it feels to me. So NWA, anybody that watches the show, when you when you if you come and watch this show, you don't have to listen to me. You can think I'm some old bitter wrestler that don't, yeah, you know, he's just mad at the business that he never got a contract with WWE. Heck yeah, I'm mad. I, I wish I'd love to have worked for that. That's not why, but but fine, don't listen to me. Listen to the guy on the show with me. I bet you my buddy DKM feels the same way. In fact, you probably give it in harsher words than Jay. And the fact that Jay, who has like literally is as much as any wrestler bled, sweat, and tear blood, sweat, and tears for the NWA, for him to say something like that, I wasn't expecting to say that. I'm expecting Jay to be like, hey, but you know, pay-per-view is gonna be it's a uh, 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 do what Jay always does. But you know, it, it, it's really interesting to hear that that the rope has gotten that that, that you've that you've shortened the rope on them that much. Um, especially since, what, two years ago, you were in the studios in Atlanta as one of the first supporters. I was there in, it was October 2019, you know what I mean? And and, and I'm gonna take it a step further, man. I'm not trying to brag here. I'm not trying to, you know, well as this, this Jay Calhoun, but I mean, I was in the documentary, guys. I was in the history and tradition of the NWA. They used my footage because they knew that uh, I'm, I wasn't just a fanboy. I, I have some um, some credence to what I say. And I'm not trying to use my voice to blackball anybody or anything else, but I think it's as a business owner, right? Because I'm a business owner too, guys. I, this is what I do for fun. This doesn't make me any money. I, I have a real job and I support my family and I have a home and everything else. Um, I would never expect somebody to pay for something without knowing what they're gonna get. And I think it's ludicrous that the NWA is saying, here, buy this pay-per-view. It's nice, it's nice. You're gonna love, you're gonna love it. They haven't announced a match. And there's- Just trust us. Yeah. Because they've really helped instill some of that. And, I, and I'll be honest, two years ago, I flew to Atlanta because I trusted them, because I saw the work that they put in. Everyone who, who calls Jake Howland and Aldous Hatery, like, you guys got to understand, I was all on board with the Aldous Crusade. I, like I said, I flew to China to see the guy create history. You know what I mean? Like, that wasn't free. <laughs> I, I had to pay for that. You know, uh, me traveling to Tennessee, to North Carolina, to uh, Georgia, you know, of course, in my own backyard, those were all because I'm, I was a fan. And I still am of Nick Aldis. As, as the wrestler, he's still one of the best. But I, I feel like this company is taking advantage of the goodwill that they built two years ago. And I don't feel like they're delivering on the promise of presenting this new product. You know, if this was the 20-year plan, man, I feel like I got hosed. And I'm not saying so, that... 
things can't be fixed. But I'm saying, yeah. like, this is unacceptable to me. So I'm going to change the subject because... And I'm going to actually, before I do that, Jay, just kind of acknowledge, like... You're right. I mean, you're right. Because, you know, the truth is, is, like... You're the, the paying customer. And you're not that customer that's hard to deal with. So it's not like you're that, that, that squeaky wheel. So you're right. I mean, anyways, they did ask me what I'm eating. This is a, this is a fish taco. Nice. I'm right down the street here in Florida. A little avocado on it. Pretty Ooh. delicious. Um, yep, yep, yep. I felt like food could be a way to lighten the tone a little bit just because like but but honestly Jay's cutting the promo tonight and I'm, I'm glad to hear it because I think it's important that that someone who has invested so much um, you just you you you've earned the right to have an opinion you know um, I like what Sean Mega said um, maybe if they had fans they could boo this crap <laughs> boom roasted oh, man. now uh, Chris Drummond says, honest question, what gets the NWA over the hump? Bigger names, better marketing, or something else? And I'm, I'm telling you, it's not the bigger names. When this show was on YouTube, and it was produced a little bit better, and it was a little bit more crisper, and the storylines made a little bit more sense, the continuity was a little bit there, the show had a big fan base, and I think it would have continued to grow had the pandemic not put a big pause on everything. So I think what's going to make the show better and how it's going to get better is is time and and actually giving the talent an opportunity to be the talent. And my camera just went off again. So uh, anyways, we're going to wrap up the show because it's uh, we've been doing this for an hour and 30 minutes. And as much as I love you guys, um, <laughs> this was a half an hour uh, recap show. <laughs> so... We go all we go all in on an on an hour show. So what's the difference? So Kevin, you uh, know, and honestly, we come on here to hang out and talk wrestling and hang out with our buddies on on the on the chat. So more than anything, is worth it, Jay, just to hang out with you, my friend. We got to talk a little baseball. Miguel Cabrera, by the way, is batting .098. So they're going through the same thing out there in Detroit that you guys are in uh, in uh, in Anaheim. And so, anyway, uh, more than anything, I'm just glad to hang out with you, Jay. I'm glad DK showed up. Uh, glad to hang out with you. Hang out with you guys in the chat. Uh, love you guys. Always a blast. Again, it's a blast. Always it's a blast. Thanks again for tuning in to the Alliance Blog Podcast, a presentation of alliance-wrestling.com. We genuinely appreciate your support. Would you consider subscribing so you won't miss any future episodes? We'd also like to remind you that we do a live stream every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on YouTube at the Alliance Blog. And you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, TikTok, and Twitch at the Alliance Blog. Remember... Absorb what is useful, reject what is useless, add what is essentially your own. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next time.